Sports Fantasy Football today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. Let's hit the waiver wire. Let's go. Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and T. Well, this is a waiver wire show, but how do you not lead with Lamar Jackson? Whoa, he is just incredible. Welcome. To the Tuesday edition of Fantasy Football today. A lot of guys to pick up this week. Some really good quarterback matchups. Sam Darnold. Ryan Tannehill doesn't necessarily have a great matchup, but he's Ryan Tannehill. Does it even matter? Nick Foles does have a great <laughs> matchup. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, and we'll talk about running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. Jack Doyle could get a big bump in targets now. Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton could get a big bump in targets. Everything you need to know for the waiver wire. Good morning, Dave and Jamie. Lamar Jackson, OMG. Oh, yeah. He's outstanding, and every time I watch him play, I think how incredible he is, and I think about how dumb I feel for saying, well, you better watch out. He might not stay healthy. I don't know how good of a thrower he is, and uh, those were words that I actually said in July and August and feel like a total heel about it, and uh, at the same time, I have Lamar Jackson in a league where it was an auction league. I tried to bid him up so you would bid three, so Heath would bid three. Neither of you bid three. I got him at two. I'm going to the playoffs. <laughs> I'm sure most I got Lamar Jackson $2. as my quarterback in that league. Wow. I did. Uh, I mean, that, that that's the case with most quarterbacks that aren't ranked in the top two or three in any auction league, I think, in most sure. leagues. Uh, I posted a poll last night. If Would you draft Lamar Jackson first overall next year? Uh, almost 8,000 votes. What do you think the results are, Adam? Well, I actually hmm. saw it, and it inspired me to do a different Twitter poll. But I, I, I'll, I'll I haven't seen guess. it yet. Yeah, 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 I haven't seen this poll. Sure. I'm going to say... Uh, I'm going to have some faith in our audience in that only a third of them said they would take him in the first round. Yep, sure. 33% said yes, 67% said no. So at least I got that right about Lamar Jackson. <laughs> All right, now I'm on the right track. When should Lamar Jackson be drafted next season? I did it this morning, so only 1,500 votes. Uh, top six pick, pick seven through 12 of round one, round two, or round three or later. I am stunned that 30% said round three or later for Lamar Jackson. 37% said round two. 16% said 16, uh, top six pick. And 18% said round, uh, round one pick seven through 12, which is kind of what I thought would win. And honestly, I think, I'm, I, I think he's a first-round pick Like for me. And that's crazy because I know none of us ever pick quarterbacks that early. But he's just so good. Now, he's... Averaging right now in a six-point-per-passing touchdown league, basically exactly what, or very close to what Mahomes averaged last year. And it's so hard to repeat. And we, we could talk about this for five minutes, so we'll save it for a different show so we can get to the waiver wire. But um, I just think it's amazing what he's doing. and where I, We did want to see how people valued him. I was surprised that 30% of people said round three or later. He's not going to make it that long. But how about no. this? No. He'll be drafted in the first round on average next year. I mean, Mahomes was, so... In their last and, three games, okay. sorry, Dave, their last three games, six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues, Lamar Jackson has scored 122 fantasy points. Jared Goff has scored 11 fantasy points. It's amazing. <laughs> That's, that uh, is so awesome. One of those guys is has a $100 million contract. Yeah, yeah. No, one's going to break the bank. Yeah, yeah one's going to have a $200 million gonna, right. contract. The DST yeah. for the Ravens was only started in 66% of leagues. It's almost universally owned. Five huge games in a row at Seattle, New England, at Cincinnati, Houston, and at the Rams. Four 
good offense. Well, I don't know about the Rams, but you know, that no. they have been unstoppable. This team right now is clearly uh if not the best, one of the best. And damn, can we flex their game on Sunday against the 49ers? Yeah, yeah no, they can't, unfortunately. Nope. Um it's uh it it's it's probably the best game of the season right now. Yeah. Um you know, you, you look at this. First off, Lamar Jackson won the MVP last night, you know, because Russell Wilson, while he won the game, he didn't play very well against the Eagles. And so uh, it, it, unless there's just a, a total collapse from Lamar Jackson down the stretch, he's the MVP of the of the NFL. Um, the big the big turnaround for this team has been the defense. You know, the the trade to get Marcus Peters and getting Jimmy Smith back and just what that secondary looks like now. And, um, you know, it. it it's going to be fun to see if they can get home field advantage because if not going into Foxborough for the AFC championship game, that's how it works out. you probably still give the edge to the Patriots, but you can't look at any team in comparison to the Ravens right now and say that there's a better team. San Francisco has been fantastic. You know, you could still make the case clearly for new England and that defense. But I mean, with what this team looks like on both sides of the ball, it's just unbelievable how they've, uh, how they've come on of late and they're, they're hitting their stride. If, if they stay healthy, no one's beating them. Yeah, it's, it's over. I don't know. No I, one, I, no one's be, and they're going to destroy <laughs> San Francisco this week. Uh, there, no one's got the answer for how to solve this offense, and it's it's hard to solve it because they've just fundamentally so good running the ball and scheming up passes for Jackson. I'd love to just see Bill Belichick get another crack at them. That game would be in Foxborough, and if Julian Edelman doesn't fumble that ball, you know the Patriots had a chance well, to go in there and win. You're assuming it's in Foxborough. It's in Foxborough right yeah, now. Yeah, it's in Foxborough right now. I, um, so, yeah, you never know. They still have some tough games left, uh, the, these Patriots, that is. I, I would just hope that in their playoff run, the Ravens will get a first-round bye, and then hopefully they play Mahomes, and then hopefully they play the Patriots, and Roger Goodell is going to be swimming in a bed of money because this is just going to be a ratings bonanza. Well, even, even, if it's, even if it's Chiefs-Patriots, you know, you, you win yeah. that way too. Yeah, well, that was pretty. No, he 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 tweeted something. Can we can we just get to the uh, the final four and see? Yeah, Jackson, Brady, Mahomes, and Watson. And I said you spelled Tannehill wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of Tannehill, let's get to the waiver wire priorities. By the way, Apple Podcast review mailbag tomorrow. If you have questions about the Thursday games, uh, don't wait. Get those questions. They should they take a little bit of time to show up on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. So. Leave us a nice review and ask your questions. And we're going to preview all three of the Thanksgiving games on the Wednesday show. So, And by the way, normal programming week for us. We're recording on Thursday morning. We're recording on Friday morning. Um, and uh, normal normal week. We'll have a mailbag and everything. Also, the Facebook giveaway this week, the player you're thankful for. That's very nice. Player you're thankful for. Uh, we'll, you'll get a T-shirt on the Fantasy Football Today Facebook page if you have the best one. We'll pick it at the end of the week. Uh, the top priorities, who are they? Who are the top priorities this week, guys, on waivers? It's a it's an interesting week of players that are still available just on the cusp of the guys that we typically talk about. So Jonathan Williams, if he's still out there, you have to go pick him up. And and clearly we saw last week what he's capable of doing as the Marlon Mack replacement, and Mack has already been ruled out for week 13. If you're just talking about running backs, I think you got to pick up Rashad Penny and just you know see what happens there after Chris Carson fumbled again. Uh, Penny had his you know breakout game of of this season, and you know how Pete Carroll is. Uh, he's going to make it an open competition for this week, and we'll see if uh, Penny sort of pushes Carson to the side a little bit. I'd be surprised if that happens, but still, you want to have Penny on your roster. And then there's just a slew of receivers that can be starters for you this week. Uh, they're better off as number three guys, but you know, D.D. Westbrook and the way that he's been playing, certainly his targets, obviously the two guys for the Giants with Golden Tate not being there. Um, 
you know, Cole Beasley has, has certainly played well and has a good opportunity. AJ Brown and uh, just the way that Ryan Tannehill throwing the ball. So there, there's a lot of like good mid range options. Um, you know, the two running backs, I think at the top are probably the two you want to gravitate toward. And then there's obviously the quarterbacks and Sam Darnold and Ryan Tannehill. And I think Darnold right now might be the start of the week for week number 13. Ooh. He should be awesome matchup for him. And he's been playing great. What about Jack Doyle at tight end? Is he a priority? Um, he's a priority. He's not my favorite tight end because Ryan Griffin is still available. Um, but, you know, you're, you're still talking about a team. We had this conversation yesterday. They don't throw the ball so much, mm-hmm. you know. So, and I think if you're looking at it in the guys in the same range, I would rather have Gerald Everett for the one-week situation against the Cardinals than Jack Doyle maybe for the next few weeks. I'd rather just stream. Like if that, if, and, I, and I mean that just if I can only pick up one of the two. Right. I'd take the shot on the Cardinals matchup versus the potential long-term appeal of Doyle. I think he's going to be fine. I think he's got top 10 I agree. Uh, ability rest away. Right. But the volume is just not there for this team. And I think that's the concern is, is he going to see enough targets to be consistently successful? I, I like him as the top tight end to go get. I, I, you know, I've been on Ryan Griffin for a couple of weeks now, but Doyle has this great opportunity with Eric Ebron gone to be the main tight end there. And if you're tired of streaming, he's a tight end that theoretically should be your starter the rest of the way. Yeah, Jack Doyle, a couple of years ago, before they got Eric Ebron, was a top 10 tight end, and he was mm-hmm. second in the NFL in catches. And in his career, he catches 75%, right about 75% of his targets. He's just very good at, at that. At his catch rate's really good. So he should be better in PPR. But the other thing to factor in here is that in the red zone, <laughs> Eric Ebron leads the team in red zone targets. If you missed it, by the way, Eric Ebron is out for the season. He's on IR. So Jack Doyle, 56% owned. I think this actually, I'm hoping this is going to benefit T.Y. Hilton, get a little bit right. more red zone work there. But uh, they, they're going to have to throw, Ebron's a touchdown guy, so they're going to have to throw more to some other guys there. And maybe it's Jack Doyle, who is facing Tennessee, and they've allowed the seventh most fantasy points to tight ends this year. You know, they faced Hooper, Kelsey, and, and Hunter Henry, so that's contributed to it. And then the next week, Doyle's got Tampa Bay, and they've allowed the second most fantasy points to tight ends, so he's got good matchups. Ryan Griffin does too. You can go after those guys. Jamie mentioned D.D. Westbrook. The Buccaneers have allowed either 70 or more yards to multiple wide receivers or a touchdown catch to multiple wide receivers in every game since week one. So week one they didn't. Every game since then, two wide receivers have either had 70 yards or a touchdown. Uh, That's incredible. And um, we'll talk about the Giants, guys. I don't think you mentioned Benny Snell. How how does he compare with Jonathan Williams and Rashad Penny? So I would put him as the third running back to pick up. Uh, James Conner doesn't sound like he's going to come back. But whoa, you're whoa, probably looking wait, at... Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean? He doesn't say this, that? This week. this week, right. This week. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. This week. Um, so I think you're looking at it as it, it's pretty clear that they've wanted to use a lead rusher in conjunction with... Jalen Samuels, and obviously, as we saw last week, Jalen Samuels was a little bit of a non-factor. You brought this up, Adam, I think it was either on the radio show or or one of our shows last week about uh, Kareth White, and he he played a role. So there's going to be three guys potentially touching the ball. So I think that limits the upside for Snell. But as long as James Conner is out, and again, that's the expectation for this week, you're probably looking at 15 carries. And in an offense that's going to try and be as conservative as possible uh, and, and let their defense and, you know, kicking game probably win the game. Um, I don't think it's a, it's a bad idea to pick up Snell, but I would, I would certainly put him behind Williams and Penny. I'd put him behind Williams, but not Penny. Uh, we can get into this now or later, Adam. It's up to you. Yeah, let's do it. So, so it's kind of interesting because 
you know, especially if you're talking about fab, I, I don't know how relevant a fab conversation is right now. If you got to win to get in the playoffs, you got to spend it. But I'm just worried that Rashad Penny is going to be a waste because I, I understand, you. my goodness, if, if he does just get the job, you could be talking about a top five to ten running back, but if he doesn't, that's the that's that's the if they're using and that's both. That's why you're taking a chance on. It. And but, I feel like I feel like we've fallen for the Rashad Penny trap at least twice already in his career. And every time we fall for it, up oh, here here's this guy. He's got great talent. Look, he just made a great play. Chris Carson ends up roaring back and playing well. I get that they're going to use Penny more. They're saying it now, but as soon as he gets in there and he's got six or seven carries and they go for under four yards per carry. It's going to be right back to Chris Carson. I don't know how much patience they have for Penny he, at this point. He's been good. So if Carson mind, fumbles again, he may not see the field. I, I know, but at the same That's time... That's why you pick up Rashad Penny. Carson has been fumbling like every other game all season long, and he continues to see a lot. Well, of Penny time. Penny had the injury concern you know, during the season. So I, I think the fact that he had the big game in, in at the same point of Carson having yet another fumble. And so you're, you're talking about Benny Snell may be good for this week and, and maybe uh, is, is, is the better play. Not maybe, is the better play for this week. But if Rashad Penny takes over, he's a league winner. And so it just depends, I think, what you need for your fantasy team. If if Penny is the lead guy for the, the Seahawks because Chris Carson can't hold on to the football, they're going to bench Chris Carson and lean on Rashad Penny. And this is a much better offense, and he's a much better talent than Benny Snell. So I'd rather take my chances on the guy who could be a league winner as opposed to a guy that could just a plug-and-play for this week. So it just comes down to what you need. If if I've got Chris Carson, obviously, Penny goes ahead of Jonathan Williams practically because you want to go and get that guy on your team. And... I think you said it best. If you need a running back this week, Snell's the answer. I'm I would take Snell ahead of Penny if I'm choosing between the two of them. So you take Snell ahead of Penny. Okay. But but yep. let's just Unless get I'm this out there, right? Hold on. I, I should say this. If I if I don't need a running back this week and I'm just I'm headed toward the to the playoffs and got that roster spot open at the end of my bench, sure, you speculate on Penny and you spend the fab to do it. Right, but so I, I I like I like Snell better in week thirteen. You don't necessarily if you're picking up Rashad Penny, you don't pick him up to start him this week. Let's be clear, right? You pick him nope. up to stash him and see what happens. You you you, you well unless unless through. we get reports that he's going to be the lead guy. If that's yeah. the case, then then he's better than Jonathan Williams. Right now, right, Jonathan I, I Williams. Don't think we're going to hear that. Okay, so so let's say you're all the all these running backs. Four running backs are on waivers. Both Scarborough, Jonathan Williams, Benny Snell. And uh, and Rashad Penny, how would you prioritize them? Let's just put this out there. Williams is one by far. There's there's nobody close. Then again, it comes down to what you need. If you need somebody for this week, I would say Scarborough should be second, Snell third, and Penny fourth. I agree. And if you're looking long term, I think it's Williams still ahead of Scarborough, and Penny ahead of Snell. If it's strictly long term, you don't have to have a running back immediately. Do you fear with Jonathan Williams that Jordan Wilkins could get more work because he was only used on special teams last week? Plus, he's got Tennessee this week, then Tampa Bay and New Orleans. We know that those are tough matchups, and you've got Marlon Mack maybe coming back. Are there any concerns, or is Jonathan Williams a lead running back? He's sixty percent owned, and he absolutely needs to be owned in all leagues. I think he proved in the in the game last week that. He's their main back. I think if he had struggled, then maybe you would have seen more of Jordan Wilkins. But the fact that they gave him as much work as he got, you know, that they didn't even give Wilkins an opportunity to touch the ball just to sort of take the the load off of, of Williams. I mean, this is what this team is. This is my concern with Doyle is that this is what this team is. They're just going to be ultra conservative and try and run the ball as much as they can. And they're not trusting Jacoby Brissett to make a lot of plays. And so 
you know, if you're talking about a, a running back, you know, I forget what the amount of carries they had um, against Jacksonville, but it was, you know, almost 30. And then you come back the next week and you have over 30 carries. You know, that that's just shows you what this offense is. Three straight games for Brissett, throwing 24, 25 passes, not including the game in which he got hurt. So Jonathan Williams is a major priority. Sam Darnold's going to be a major priority. Nick Foles has a great matchup. Brian Tannehill's been awesome. Um, and let's uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Fab, I don't know. Again, I'm not sure how much we're talking about. We every, every, every scenario is different. If right. you're this is it for you, you know, you're six and six, and this is the win that gets you in the playoffs. Who cares? Spend it all, and then you just sort of figure out. Obviously, if you have, you know, zero dollar bids, that's a different story. But, or if, excuse me, if you don't have zero dollar bids, but you know, I, I think you're just talking about you got to win, and and so you don't get to take it with you. Spend yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, just so everyone knows, I, I don't know how much time we're going to spend on the Sunday night and Monday night games. I'd like to talk about them, but this is such an important waiver wire week, and I want to look ahead to, to other weeks as well. So let me just give a few more priorities that need to be said, just in case I forget, because I often do. Austin Hooper and Evan Ingram are mostly owned, but they could be available in your leagues. They're about 88% owned. Hooper, is there a chance Hooper plays this week? It's a Thursday game. It doesn't sound like it. You know, I, I think had they won, you know, and and see if they could play out the string and, and win out, not that they were going to make the playoffs, but uh, that might have changed some things. But the fact that they said last week that he could have practiced on Thursday, this was at the beginning of last week, I'm going to guess that he's not far away from playing, but the Thursday game just doesn't help. Mm-hmm. And Evan Ingram uh, has pretty good matchups going forward as well, so you might want to pick him up. I think the Eagles DST, we talked about this on yesterday's show. If you didn't listen to yesterday's show, you should at least check out what Dr. David Chow had to say. I asked him about Tua Tagovailoa. I asked him about injury-prone players. We had really good injury conversations. And then uh, me, Will, and Chris Towers, or Will, Chris Towers, and I, we talked about DSTs that could help you win right now and throughout the playoffs. The Eagles are playing great, and they've got the... Dolphins, Giants, and Redskins in their next three games. So that's a big priority as well. The Jets DST is playing really well, and they've got good matchups coming up, at least in their next two games. But the Eagles DST, for me at least, will be a DST I'm prioritizing if I don't love uh, love my defense. And it's also a good time to get your handcuffs. It's also a good time to get Butcher Box, all right? This is great stuff. Um, Butcher Box, I was talking about it over the weekend at Friendsgiving. It would have been great for Friendsgiving, by the way. Talking about it over the weekend. Oh, what's ButcherBox? Well, look, if you if you are someone who's interested in having sort of healthier meat with no antibiotics, no added hormones, humanely raised, this is important, high-quality stuff. This is really something that's important to me, and I have trouble finding it at the grocery store. Well, ButcherBox is a solution to that. If you go to butcherbox.com slash FFT, or you use the promo code FFT at checkout, you're going to get a great deal, a Black Friday deal. It's uh, Your first box comes with Butcher Box's Ultimate Steak Sampler. That is eight free steaks, two fillets, two top sirloins, and two New York strip steaks, and 20 bucks off your first box. ButcherBox.com slash FFT or use the code FFT at checkout. I've, I've gotten the delivery before, this big box of meat. It's absolutely delicious. They have free-range chicken. They've got all different types of stuff. It's, it's 100% grass-fed and finished beef, free-range organic chicken, I should say, heritage pork, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, sugar, nitrate, free bacon. It's just great stuff. It's delicious. So go to butcherbox.com slash FFT or enter FFT at checkout. And again, get 20 bucks off your first box and get eight free steaks. Butcherbox.com slash FFT or FFT at checkout. 
Ooh, man, a lot of stuff going on here. Let's take a look at the key injuries that we need to know about. I'll try to go through these as quickly as possible. Andy Dalton's going to start for the Bengals. He's an option against the Jets this week, right? Andy Dalton, he really wasn't that bad before he got benched, at least for fantasy purposes. 100%. Yep. Yeah. He's an option in DFS, too, because his price is super cheap. He won't have to do much to give you good value. So if you like a lot of players at running back and wide receiver, Andy Dalton should be your quarterback. Yeah, 20, uh, 20 plus fantasy points in three of his last four starts before getting benched in the Jets. I know they did well last week against Derek Carr, but they have just been awful in their previous five games. So it's, their it's a good setup. Their defense is for playing better. Their secondary is playing better. Defense is 100% playing better. But the, the hope would be is that uh, all of a sudden A.J. Green's ankle feels better because his buddy is back uh, <laughs> is back playing again. And so um, it, it's, a, it's a fun little scenario to play out if, in fact, Green comes back. Uh, and that we, would hurt the Jets' DST for this week, obviously. I think it hurts it to begin with if Dalton's playing. I, mean, yeah, you just, you, yeah. I, I had the Jets top five before uh-huh. this, this move, and so now they're just outside my top 12. Yeah, I, I did look then. The, they were a good, the Bengals were a good matchup even with Andy Dalton playing. But, yeah. Uh, all right, Devlin Hodges is probably going to start for Pittsburgh. Haven't heard an official announcement there. Drew Locke could start for Denver. Carson Wentz has a bruised hand. No big deal. Dwayne Haskins played through a wrist injury. No big deal. Asked uh, Dr. Chow about those yesterday. We won't get Marlon Mack this week. James Conner, unlikely to play. Matt LaFleur said he needs to get the ball to Aaron Jones more. LaShawn McCoy is out of the concussion protocol. Do we know if Damian Williams will be ready for this week? They didn't say anything yesterday. Andy Reid didn't say anything yesterday. I didn't see anything reported, but um, that's probably a good thing. You know, They're typically when... Uh, Reed first meets with the media, he usually goes through the injury list. And so the fact that I don't think anything was reported about Williams is a good sign. You know, he left last his last game with a rib injury, um, but they also had their bye. It seemed like they were just going to, I think, be cautious with any of their injuries given the setup in Mexico City. Uh, Tyreek Hill seemed like he could have come back in with the hamstring problem. And Williams, you know, again, not knowing the severity of it, hopefully he's fine. But I think it's still worth investing in McCoy or Daryl Williams just in case because if we don't hear anything on Tuesday, that's somebody that could be a league win- winner for you, um, as we saw in, in that game against the Chargers. Both um, both running backs were successful. Okay, so let's see what else we got at running back. And that's the thing with the Chiefs. Like, if, if you see LaShawn McCoy out there and you knew Damian Williams is out, same with Daryl Williams, they'd probably be must-add guys. But, you know, we, we just don't know right now. Hopefully we get an update before you have to make your waiver claims. Uh, Jordan Howard's day-to-day with a shoulder injury. Still don't know if he'll be back. Shoulder, right. Yeah. That's what I said, right? Shoulder. R- right. Yeah. Right. Sure. Shoulder. Sure. What do you mean? It's a stinger. That's a shoulder, isn't it? Or is that a neck? Yeah, I mean, technically, yeah. Okay. Sure. They're pretty close, yeah. right? Shoulder, it's neck. It's right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chase Edmonds expected to play. Kalen Balaj is going to continue to start for Miami. That's great news. Devontae Freeman, <laughs> Dr. Chow, was not super optimistic. Um, that's pretty much it for the noteworthy running backs at wide receiver. Julio Jones does have a shoulder injury. You got to keep that in mind. They have a short week. Andy Reid optimistic about Tyreek Hill. AJ Green's day-to-day. Golden Tate is in the concussion protocol. Hunter Renfro will be out for a while with a broken rib. He might end a punctured lung. He might be out for the season. Does that make it easier to drop Derek Carr? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the schedules, you know, the, the, the stretch of, good games for Derek Carr ended against the Jets and it ended before the Jets game apparently because he didn't play well in that matchup. Uh, the Hopefully e- this helps Darren Waller's value rebound a that's little bit. That's a good bit. point. Yep, that'd be yep. nice. 
And Tyrell Williams. Tyrell Williams has not had a red zone target since he came back from the injury. He had six in his first four games. He has not had one Tyrell Williams in his last five games. I find that to be amazing. And a lot of them have gone to Hunter Renfro, so that could help Tyrell as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jordan Matthews released by the Eagles. He actually played 96% of the snaps last week. Maybe that means Alshon Jeffrey or Aguilar could be coming back at Miami. Juju, expecting him? What do you think? It's hard to say at this point. You yeah. know, I, I would hope. Um, I wonder if the knee is worse than probably the concussion just because, you know, Deontay Johnson was able to clear the concussion protocol. You hope that Juju does as well, and then we'll see if the knee is, uh, is a problem. The fact that he was in a knee brace last week is not a good sign. Okay, Adam Thielen, what do we think? Any idea? I'm going to guess he comes back, but it, it's, it's one that you want to keep an eye on because if you're looking at the tight ends, Kyle Rudolph has been awesome without Thielen on the field. Could he still be good with Thielen back? Maybe, but just the, the the way the season has unfolded, Rudolph was terrible before Thielen started getting banged up in that game against Detroit. And then since then, he's just been basically a must-start tight end. We haven't been treating him that way, but the performance has spoken to that. And, okay, that's... So, oh, Cortland Sutton, I see, with an ankle injury. Is that uh, just a day-to-day thing? or? I think it's day-to-day. Okay. He might not even practice on Wednesday because of it, but he should be... We're expecting him to play. He didn't finish the game against Buffalo, so just keep an eye on it. Yeah, he's probably just discouraged. <laughs> he had like two, one or two catches on eight targets. Yep. He's uh, he's he's John Brown circa 2018. Oh, jeez. Well, this was his first really bad game for Cortland Sutton. No, no, no. He just misses Joe Flacco. Misses. Oh, oh, okay. I see. Hmm. Uh, David Njoku's status uncertain for this week, and let's uh, Delaney Walker. Same thing. Jacob Hollister has a foot issue, but we expect him to play as of now. And that's going to be it for the injuries. So let's talk about the waiver wire here. And usually we do priorities now and go deeper later. Let's just do it all. Let's just do do the waiver wire and start with uh, quarterbacks. So what do we got, Jamie? Who are the top quarterbacks? I think there's probably, I could say, three to four pretty exciting options on waivers. What do you think? I think there's two exciting options. I think there's four potential starters for you. But the, the two exciting options, I mean, Sam Darnold, you know, we said for weeks, look at the schedule, look at the opportunities in front of him. And and the Dolphins game should have been better, obviously, with the Ryan Griffin touchdown that he didn't get. But then since then, at least 23 or more fantasy points against Washington, the Giants and Oakland with the last two being fantastic performances. And he still has some good games in front of him, you know, this week and then Miami again. So there, there's a chance for him to be. I haven't ranked in my top five. You know, I, I think there's a there's a lot of upside for Sam Darnold. And so hopefully he takes advantage of the game against Cincinnati. Ryan Tannehill has just been uh, a monster. He said yesterday, I, I didn't go back and double check this, but I'm assuming it's right, that since he's taken over as a starter the last five games, there's only one fantasy quarterback better than him, and that's Lamar Jackson. So that five-game stretch, he's just been a star. And it's not an easy matchup, you said this, but the last two quarterbacks that the uh, Colts have faced have each scored 21 or more points. So I, I think he has an opportunity to, to keep it going. And then, you know, Dalton Foles, um, good matchups and will they will they take advantage of it uh, uh did tampa bay's defense turn the corner last week um, oh no full, no uh, um uh, i agree with you I, <laughs> I agree with you but you know they they did a good job against matt ryan and the falcons and you know uh, just reading some things you know sometimes addition by subtraction you know getting rid of vernon hargraves they feel like some of the younger you know players in the secondary have have stepped up a little bit so we'll see uh Foles obviously has not played well so that's what you have to sort of you know sort of gauge that with is can he have success this week in what should be a good situation for him? That's what you're, you know, sort of have to hope on, hope for if you trust him. Yeah. 
And the, for the Jaguars, they've been blowing out three straight games. They're playing horribly. And Jacksonville quarterbacks have thrown 47 to 48 passes, 47 or 48 passes in three straight games. It's Foles twice and Minshew once. So, yeah. And only one of those has been good. And and good being 21 yeah. points. Right. right. Minshew it's, was bad. It's definitely not by design. It's just the, the way that the games have gone for Jacksonville. Yeah. Uh, you know, Marone, Doug Marone basically had to say that Nick Foles is still a starter. You wonder if he has another bad first half. Do they bench him for Minshew? It's just such a, a juicy matchup. I mean, you know, so you said you have Darnold top five. Where do you have Nick Foles this week? Uh, Foles top 15-ish, inside the top 20. I don't, I don't love the setup for him, despite the good matchup. I'm starting once ahead of Nick Foles this week. Oh, I, I'm starting Wentz at Deshaun Watson this week. <laughs> Good Lord. Deshaun Watson's got the Patriots. There. Wentz is at the Dolphins. I know. You still start Deshaun Watson. Well, I don't know. Do you? I mean, you still start Dak know. Prescott, right? <laughs> you know, like, of course, the yeah. conditions will be better. Uh, yeah, I mean, Wentz, do you need, and this is, you know, this is a relevant conversation for I'm, I'm expecting Alshon drops. to be back. That's the thing. I'm expecting Alshon to be back. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the fact that he was close last week and that they just made the move to, to cut Jordan Matthews, I think that tells you that. One of them will be back, and most likely it's going to be Alshon, and potentially both. So uh, even without Alshon, though, I think Carson Wentz has 25 points on the table. I don't think Deshaun Watson's going to get there. Guys, other than Darnold, when we look at Dalton, we look at um, we look at Tannehill, Ta- Dalton, and Foles. And Dave, are those the other, you know, if you had a top four, would it also be Darnold, Tannehill, Dalton, Foles? Um, it, my top four among quarterbacks involve those guys. Darnold, Tannehill, Foles, Dalton. Okay. How many of them are you starting ahead of, let's say, Dak Prescott and Josh Allen, who face each other on Thanksgiving? The only one I'm starting ahead of Dak is Darnold. But I'll start Darnold and Tannehill over um, Josh Allen. Okay. Okay. Good to know. So, yeah, I go, I go Darnold, Darnold over Allen, but I go Allen over Tannehill. All right. So, again, it's Darnold who's only 51% owned and he is facing the Bengals this week and then the Dolphins next week. Tannehill has the Colts who haven't given up more than 22 fantasy points to a quarterback since week three. That includes Deshaun Watson twice and Patrick Mahomes. But Tannehill has had good games against teams that currently rank eighth and 12th against quarterbacks. You know, he's had like the Chargers and the Panthers. He's had good games against them. So and the, he's doing it on low passing volume. Yeah, well, he's also doing those legs. Bit. He's run for thirty-seven yards or more yeah. in three straight games. Yeah, it's big. He's he's just finding ways to make plays. It's it's really great to see. Dalton has the Jets. Nick Foles has the Bucks. Now, if you can't get those guys, you're in a deeper league. Well, actually, Daniel Jones is owned in a lot of leagues. But you know, look, the the Packers. One thing I couldn't believe last night was looking at the the numbers. The Packers' pass defense it hasn't necessarily shown up in fantasy points. Because they allow the seventh fantasy, seventh fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks, but last five games, opposing quarterbacks are throwing for 290 yards per game against the Packers, 9.2 yards per attempt, and yeah. four of the five teams that have faced them have had quarterback ratings because Oakland had two quarterbacks, but quarterback ratings of 107 or better, and they didn't face really good quarterbacks either. It's crazy, like because they faced Matt Moore instead of Mahomes. So I don't know about Daniel Jones this week, but weeks 15 and 16, he has Miami and Washington. They can't run the ball. Just wanted to throw him in there. Uh, Trubisky's got the Lions. I was going to bring up Trubisky as a possible... He's the fifth guy. Yeah, right. I wouldn't want him to be your first or second guy. That would make me sick, but he's got at least 20 fantasy points in two of his last three games. Matchup against Detroit's going to be really good for him. Hopefully he's accurate enough to have a 60% completion rate and 
He's done that enough this year, and he's running a little bit more. Well, he had one of those games was against Detroit. It was, you know, three games ago. He had 24 points mm-hmm. against them. And how and many, the Lions how and, many pass attempts in that game? 23. 24 points on 23 pass attempts. That's what you're talking yeah, I mean, about with the Lions. You, you're, you're not looking at a great player, uh, but you're right. also not looking at a great defense. And Trey Flowers missed last week's game, and so we'll see if he's able to come back on a short week, which you know clearly would impact that pass rush. But Trubisky has really. shown that... Huh? Not really. Their pass rush has been well. That's what I'm saying. You dormant know, it, pretty it, much all year. If, try or no try. If you're looking at a, uh, a a scenario of you're stuck, then he's not. Like I'd start him over Brissett. You know, just in terms of somebody who's been a starter and somebody that I had ranked as a top ten guy last week. You know, so I I think Trubisky's got a higher ceiling than than Jacoby does. All right, Kyle Allen and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Maybe you could use them in superflex leagues. Allen has Washington and Fitzpatrick. Gets the Eagles, and they just, they've just they been so good against quarterbacks. Uh, and let's talk about quarterbacks to drop real quick, and then we'll move on to running backs. We talked Derek Carr you can get rid of. Do you, mm-hmm. do you like Jacoby Brissett at all this week, or is he more of a drop? He's 76%. No. Okay, goodbye. He just, I mean, I mean you, you've seen enough of what, again, this offense is, and he's just not throwing the ball enough and having enough success. We'll see. I, I, I think there's going to be a big game for T.Y. Hilton, but I don't think it's going to necessarily mean Jacoby Brissett goes over 20 points. And for what it's worth, no more Eric Ebron. So that's not necessarily a problem in the red zone as much as it's a problem for big plays because Ebron was used in that regard. They'd find matchups for him, and he'd have a bunch of 15-plus yard passes. Phillip Rivers Completion. you can drop. 92% own Phillip Rivers at Denver this week. I, I, I want to try and make some sort of case for Phillip. He had four but. points against Denver. The first time yeah. these two teams met, and he was playing better than. Yeah, you can't you can't use them. I want to see if Denver. I think it's over. I think it's over. I, I do want to see if Denver's still a tough matchup because it's like the last two weeks they haven't really been as good. So we shall see. But no, I'm not saying I'm starting Philip Rivers. It's really more just looking at schedules and seeing who has Denver later in the year. And then Matt Ryan, uh, I don't want to drop him. You guys. If you need to pick up, like I, I, if I only have one roster spot to play with, I'm dropping him for Darnold or Tannehill. It's true, yeah. If you have to start someone this mm-hmm. week, yeah. But I think we'd rather hold on to him, hope he gets Hooper back, gets Freeman back, and could be good in your in your post uh, fantasy postseason. I think the Saints are going to smash them this week, though. I mean, after losing to them in their building, then they've got Carolina. They're at San Francisco, Jacksonville at home in Week 16. Oh, good. They've got Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay in Week 17. That worked out well. Yeah. Hey, let's do something real quick here. Just in case people, you know, you have a 40-minute commute and you're not going to get to hear the entire show. Uh, Rapid fire, give me the top three or four at each position remaining, and then we'll get into it um, after that. So start with running back. I mean, we've already talked about that, but give it to us again. Jonathan Williams, Rashad Penny, Benny Snell, and then one of the Chiefs guys, depending on who's available to you, McCoy or Darrell Williams. I'd throw Raheem Mostert in there at the end ahead I would, of the Chiefs guys. I would take Chase Edmonds over Raheem Mostert. How come? Because just in case he's the second guy behind Kenyon Drake. Yeah, it's also Matt Breida. Yeah. And we already said Rashad Penny would be kind of lower if you need someone for this week. All right, wide receiver. He'd and, still be third. And then, You'd still take him ahead of almost anybody else. I mean, he's going to he, he's gonna probably be the first guy added just because of ownership percentage, so just keep that in mind. Bo Scarbo, by the way, 71% over would also be a priority. Uh, wide receivers? For me, it's uh, it's D.D. Westbrook, Sterling Shepard, and Darius Slayton. I just think, you know, one of the two Giants guys has a chance to play well, if not both. A.J. Brown would be right after them, and then Cole Beasley. This is just for this week. I've got D.D. first, James Washington second, Cole Beasley third. I'm not thinking long-term with receivers at all because you can find a receiver off the waiver wire each week. And I don't think that there's a 
league winner among the receivers. What about Randall right Cobb? Randall Cobb is what eighty six yards in three straight games, and yeah, yeah. There, there, I mean, there there really isn't like one standout guy above the rest because right. you you look at all of these guys. Like, I I could sit here and tell you that Russell Gage could still be the best guy in PPR after what we saw last week. If Philip Dorsett and Muhammad Snu are out once again, you know, you could look at Nikhil Harry or or Jacoby Myers. Those guys could easily be one of the top guys. If Tyreek Hill is out, Miko Hardman could be the best guy. You know, so there, there's a bunch of guys that are sort of in the same range. I mean, Robbie Anderson has scored in two straight games, and he gets the Bengals this week. I'd recommend stashing Hardman for the fantasy playoffs if you have Tyreek Hill, just to have that element yeah. of the Chiefs' offense. Look at look at what Anthony Miller's done the last two weeks, and now Taylor Gabriel's yeah, out. True. Yep. Yeah, and you know, you could definitely handcuff wide receivers. It's we never really talk about it, but it's not a terrible. This is strategy. the time of the year to do it. Yeah. Uh, tight ends. I'm going Doyle first because I think he's got long-term potential. And then after that, it's for now, it's Kyle Rudolph second, Ryan Griffin third, Irv Smith after that, and David Njoku after that. But things will change if Adam Thielen's healthy, if reports come out that say Njoku's going to play. But Doyle is still going to be my numero uno at tight end. Griffin's one for me, and it's not close. Uh, a very good second option would be Gerald Everett just because the matchup against the Cardinals. I think he's going to score because every tight end scores against the Cardinals. And then I'd put Jack Doyle third, followed by Rudolph fourth, and then Jacob Hollister still fifth. He should have had a touchdown last week. Yeah. And uh, he's, he's you know, just been playing very well. Mm -hmm. A rare uh, misfire from Russell Wilson on that play. DSTs. Eagles by far, number one. And they've got uh, long-term potential like Adam talked about earlier. Panthers, number two. They get Washington. Packers get Daniel Jones. I think they're going to go after him and, and their pass rush gets back at it. And then I put the Chargers fourth. Um, you're talking about uh, Brandon Allen or Drew Locke uh, has not looked good. Um, and they're getting Derwin James back. So could be a great situation for that pass rush with uh, Bosa and Ingram probably sacking the Broncos quarterback 25 times. You must love Andy Dalton this week. I must love Andy Dalton this week. To not have the Jets on here as a DST to go not and get Not better than these four. This I is actually a good week. Than everyone on this list except Philly. Uh, I'm I'm not looking at the Jets coming off one game where Derek Carr had his receivers drop the ball all over the place. No, it's three games as, though. It's as, three games. I'm in a row. looking at a Bengals offense that's been in that. I think they're going to be fired up though. I really do. I think you know getting Andy Dalton back. You know Joe Mixon was all fired up yesterday on Twitter. He was so excited about it. I, I think they'll play better. Look. The, this is a really strong week for streaming DSTs. That's the thing. Like the mm -hmm. That's you, true. Those five teams that we mentioned, okay, Eagles, Panthers, Packers, Chargers, Jets, all pretty good. The Titans are always solid. They're 41% owned. It's a good week, so I don't know that it needs to be a huge priority for you unless you're looking ahead and you want to get the Eagles because um, they have three good matchups in a row. So that's good. There has not been one team all year that has had just a flat-out bad game as a DST against the Giants. So, like, even in games where the Giants have scored a lot of points, the DSTs have done at least fine. So the Packers could be a nice fallback option because they've been playing horribly lately. But this is just such a good matchup against this tur turnover. So it sounds team. like this is a week where you shouldn't spend any fab on a DST. I'm making the exception. I mean, very little. I'm going to make the exception for the Eagles because, like I said, I think they could win you. But how league. much? What? Five? Yeah. Depends like on what you get. Yeah, if, this, if, if this is it for you, you spend what you got to spend. Sure. You got to win. But I think, you know, I, I, hard, I don't think I'll ever spend more than like five bucks on a DST out of a $100 budget, original budget. Right. But yes, they feel like the DST to go get right now because they could be in your lineup for the next three weeks, no question, and absolutely crushing it. Uh, kickers and then IDP real quick. Um, the kickers would be Crosby. 
Jake Elliott, Zane Gonzalez, and Mike Badgley. And Dave? And yeah, I've got a long list of DSTs or, or IDPs, rather. I'll go through them quickly. Defensive line, Eric Armstead, Max Crosby, Mad Max Crosby, Marcus Golston, Golden, I'm sorry, with uh, with the Giants. Linebackers, James Burgess with the Jets, Devin White with the Bucks, A.J. Johnson with the Broncos, Matt Milano with the Bills, Devondre Campbell with the Falcons, and then maybe, oh, Jared Davis. I should throw in Jared Davis at linebacker as well. He's been playing better the last couple of games. Jamel Dean is, should be your top defensive back to go get ever since the Bucks made him a starter. Double-digit points every Ooh, single week. Nice. Trey Flowers is another one. This is Trey Flowers with Seattle, not Trey Flowers with Detroit. And finally, Marcus Peters, rare for a cornerback to have good numbers in IDP, but he's been getting the job done with Baltimore. I think he can keep it up. All right, I'm going to tell you about SeatGeek, then we're going to switch over to our podcast audio studio here. But do you ever feel like ticketing websites just they don't care about the customer experience? They make getting to the event difficult on purpose. Not SeatGeek. The customer satisfaction is great. The reviews, there are over 50,000 five-star reviews for SeatGeek. And I can tell you, I'm one of those reviewers. This is a great product, and you can get 10 bucks off your first purchase with the promo code FFT on SeatGeek. Look, they just make it so easy. You search for an event on the SeatGeek app. SeatGeek brings in tickets from all over the web, displays the tickets on an interactive seat map, grades the tickets based on value. You get to see the best values. You get to see the lowest prices. You get to see the full price with all the fees if you, if you change your settings for that. Uh, I just I think it's such a great, great app, and I, I was blown away the first time I used it because I just... It was so much easier than anything I'd ever used to buy tickets. So next time you need to go to an event, if it's sports, if it's concerts, if it's comedy, if it's theater, if you want guaranteed tickets, okay, every purchase is fully guaranteed, you have to use the SeatGeek, SeatGeek app, excuse me, or go to SeatGeek.com. The promo code is FFT. Save 10 bucks off your first purchase. Promo code is FFT on SeatGeek. All right, let's get into running backs in just a few seconds. We take a quick break. Running backs, luckily we've... Covered most of this, so I don't think we're going to talk anymore about Scarborough and Williams and Penny and Snell. LaShawn McCoy. All right, let me say a hypothetical. If I told you Damian Williams were out this week, where would LaShawn McCoy and Daryl Williams be on your priority list? LaShawn would be second for me behind Jonathan Williams. Daryl Williams might be right behind him. Yep. Okay, great. And Daryl Williams is kind of on my list anyway. But toward the bottom, that he's for deeper. He's a stash in deeper leagues. So then, other guys. Well, before we get to the deeper leagues, we got Tariq Cohen, who could be available now. He's seventy nine percent owned. To me, that means he's owned in every PPR league and non PPR, not so much. The Lions give up the third most receiving yards per game to running backs. Cohen himself had four for twenty three and a touchdown receiving against the Lions. Is Tariq Cohen a starter? in even non-PPR this week. He's getting more involved lately. No. Deeper, I think deeper, deeper flex, maybe. Okay. Deeper league flex. But in PPR, I mean, look, 11 or more points, three straight games, it's hard to overlook that. And, all right, if you need a running back and the and the guys that we've been talking about are not available, although Benny Snell is only owned in 10% of leagues, so his ownership percent is going to shoot up. Chase Edmonds. Oh, I, I have to ask this. I'm sorry. Benny Snell. What do you expect this week against Cleveland with Connor likely out? Cleveland, actually, this is so strange. Five straight games without a running back getting double-digit carries against Cleveland. Only one game in their last six where running backs had double digits in non-PPR fantasy points. 
carries. Like nobody's getting carries against Cleveland, so it's hard to evaluate their run defense lately. So how good of a start is Benny Snell going to be this week? He's not a great start. Nope. He's a flex. Okay. All right. But that's then. partially because we have no more bye weeks. It's not a big week of injuries at the position without having a capable replacement. And what I mean by that is Mac is out, but Williams is basically Mac. You know, and so then you yeah. look at the rest of the injuries. You know, Devontae Freeman hopefully coming back. Damian Williams hopefully healthy. Jordan Howard has a direct replacement that's probably just as good. So So as of right now, are you ranking Miles Sanders ahead of Benny Snell? Oh yeah. By a long way, yeah. Okay. Obviously that could change if Howard comes back. So, running backs in deeper leagues. Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, Jay Ajayi. He had six carries last week. Naeem Hines, Patrick Laird for the Dolphins, and Kareth White, uh, who, yeah, I mean, he had six carries for 43 yards at Cincinnati. He's Right, he, got, he got the game going for Pittsburgh, and then Benny Snell took over later. Uh, all right. So, uh, Chase Edmonds, Jamie, um, you kind of said you... You'd rather have him than, I think, Mostert? Yeah, I mean, Matt Breida is expected to return this week. That's something that uh, at least I saw that he could return um, Sunday. So, you know, Mostert is basically dependent on Breida being out. He's not the lead guy there. Edmonds, I don't know what they're going to do with the Cardinals. Um, I'd be shocked if Kenyon Drake's not the lead guy, but then who's second? Will it be Edmonds Edmonds. or will it be David Johnson? It'll be Edmonds. I would I would expect that to be the case. Right. So, you know, the, the last game we saw for the Cardinals, they didn't give a second guy touches because David Johnson didn't get any opportunities to, to touch the ball. So what does that mean? But they clearly like Edmonds. They obviously like Kenyon Drake. So will they just share the ball with those two guys? I, there's no starter among this group. But should something happen to Drake, would Edmonds now be the, the next man up for the Cardinals over David Johnson? Now, okay, none of these guys really were picking up as as starts, but I think you look at the 49ers backfield, and I gave this stat on yesterday's show. You better have listened. In his last four games, Tevin Coleman has 44 carries. Four of them have gone for more than five yards. One of them has gone for more than 11 yards. He has really been bad for four straight games, and that was after he destroyed the Panthers. Mostert looks like he's shot out of a cannon every time he touches the ball. Yeah, and then same thing Breida, with Jeff Wilson. Mm-hmm. Brita and Mostert are over five yards per carry this year. So, like, I don't like if you own Tevin Coleman and you're relying on him. First of all, you should be playing the waiver wire this week if you can. But I, who's the best back to back to get there if you own Coleman or if you just want to speculate? Is it Mostert or Brita? I would imagine that if Breida is healthy, he'll he'll be in a good position to be potentially their number one guy. It's maybe funny, they like, reshuffle you, it a little bit with how they use them. When you come off the game last week or Sunday night against the Packers, is that a win for Coleman? No. No. Although he well, looked he scored, great he on that 11-yard run that he, he had. scored. Yeah, but he that scored. Was... That was the cheapest touchdown. Like, he ran yeah, for half right. a yard and got pushed for a yard and a half. Yep. <laughs> it just looks terrible. But it is nice to see him get the goal line work. That's the only thing saving his value right now. It's also why his yards per carry is where it is. I don't He's know. I just guard. told you 44 carries in his last but, four but, games. But his, his short yardage work. I mean, you know, that's going to hurt anybody's yards per carry. Oh, he's going to stink this week against Baltimore. Yeah, and that's the other thing. They're facing Baltimore, so I don't think we want to start. I'm guessing, is he a top 24 running back this week? He is Coleman? not, no. Okay. I have Kareem Hunt and Ronald Jones ranked ahead of him in PPR. Okay, um... Other running backs, like Peyton, Peyton Barber, look, we know what he is, but he's got 11 carries in two of his last three games. He scores sometimes. Jordan Wilkins. Uh, I love like, Ronald Jones this week. Uh, against the Jaguars. Oh, God, their run defense has been terrible. 
Kadri Olsen has a touchdown in two straight games. That's it. All right, wide receivers. So this is the one position I think we've talked the least about, so let's get into it. First of all, if you see Debo Samuel and Will Fuller on your waiver wire, they're 79 and 78% owned, they've got dreadful matchups. Debo's got the Ravens, and he only had two targets last week. And Will Fuller didn't have a great matchup against the Colts, and he had 140 yards, but now it's New England. So do you pick them up, Debo and Fuller? And for, Absolutely. And for Fuller, sorry, it's New England, and then it's Denver the following week. Yeah, well, the nice up. thing about Fuller is that he's got a teammate who draws tougher coverage than he gets. And uh, he proved last week that he's right back in the swing of things and he's capable of catching deep balls. And I, I think you almost have to start him as at least a flex every week. Not this week. Yeah. What about no, I this think week? you could this week. No, you Even could. against him? I'm not. <laughs> you I don't have, I've got him 30th in my rankings. Yeah. He's uh, barely inside my top 48. It's going to be a bad day for the Texas passing game. I'm going to guess. I'm going to look it up right now. I'm going to guess the Patriots give up the fewest. 40-plus yard pass plays in the NFL and probably 20-plus yard as well. Uh, and they own you. the Texans. Oh, uh, You're right. They really do. So other wide receivers who are in that range, A.J. Green and Mohamed Sanu. How interested would you be in picking up A.J. Green and Mohamed Sanu? 78% own. Um, I can't pick up A.J. until I know if he's playing or not. Yeah, but if you have an open roster about to play with, it's not a bad thing. Um, this is an interesting stat just from Stephon Gilmore, just as we're talking about. Uh, the, that game. Stephon Gilmore in two games against DeAndre Hopkins since 2017. What would you guess his total yards is in those two games? Hopkins yardage or Hopkins. yards that Gilmore allowed to Hopkins? I'm going to guess 84. Hop- Gilmore versus Hopkins. They're one-on-one matchup. Oh, 35. 85 yards in two oh, games. Good. I changed my guess. I had 84. Give Nine credit. targets, six catches, 85 yards. He's got one interception, one pass breakup, and one pass interference penalty. I believe he was also good against him when he was in Buffalo. Yeah, so it's going to be a bad day. A, it's going to be rough for Hopkins. Where do you have Hopkins ranked this week? Uh, I think I put him at 25. Wow. <laughs> uh, by the way, the Patriots gave up the third fewest 20-plus yard pass plays and the second fewest 40-plus yard pass plays. Back to the waiver wire. D.D. Westbrook, 58% owned. He had nine targets last week. He had six targets the week before. I can't say he's doing a whole lot with it, but the matchup is just so tasty. I gave that stat about the Bucks. They give up two good games to two wide receivers every single week. Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton. Shepard had nine targets. Slayton had seven. Slayton was much better. This is all about Golden Tate being out. If Golden Tate clears the concussion protocol, I don't know how you'll feel about them. But the 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 Packers give up the most big pass plays in the NFL. And I do wonder if that's more of Darius Slayton's thing. I mean, he's definitely more of the downfield guy. But Shepard could could do like a Debo Samuel catch and run. But I, I don't know. Like, do you are you excited about Shepard and Slayton? This is not, not a really. great waiver wire uh, week. Shepard, yes. Yeah, excited. I mean, there there's it's a chance the right here word. for them. The, the the targets have been up for Shepard, you know, and, and that's something I think you look at and say, okay, this could be another opportunity for him just with the fact that Golden Tate's out. So uh, they're absolutely worth investing. He's actually, I'd be shocked if he didn't have five or more catches because that's basically what he does every week. He had five catches last week and right. no yards on top yeah, of 15. it. Yeah, so if, if there's no Ingram and there's no Tate, right. then yeah, it's Shepard actually might be really good, 56% owned. PPR, maybe more so. Uh, A.J. Brown, here are his yards in five games with Tannehill. 64, 11, 81, 17, 135. So every time we buy into Brown, he burns you. I know people are going to be hesitant there. 
Uh, but he's you know he's been doing better. Cole Beasley, Philip Dorsett, James Washington, Randall Cobb. Dave, any names there that sure. get your juices flowing? Uh, no, nothing that gets my juices flowing. But I do think that James Washington, if there's still no juju, has a chance to have a couple of big plays. We've seen him have big plays. I think three of his last four games, he's had a catch for at least 20 yards. Uh, and he seems to be building confidence. And I, I hate the quarterback change. It, it's gone from an ugly passer to an even uglier one with Devlin Hodges. But I still can buy into him maybe having a floor of 10 PPR points. I think when you look at the what, Randall, okay, Randall Cobb, like, does he have the best game of a Dallas wide receiver this week? Cobb? Yeah. He is, might. Is he the best one? Right. Playing in the slot, revenge game. He's uh, had a. Uh, no, revenge games for Beasley, but yeah. Cobb, I'm sure, hates <laughs> I was like, Buffalo where, anyway. Why is Cobb having Yeah, I'm. I'm <laughs> for a second, I got confused between the two. You know, Randall Cobb. He Cobb had a really points. bad Buffalo chicken sandwich <laughs> one week, and he is going to take it out on the Buffalo Bills. But here I looked, he's had seven to eight targets, I think in four straight games. And yep. I looked at all the wide receivers that had exactly seven to eight targets against the Bills. And here were their PPR fantasy points. Five, seven, seven, 12, and three. So not good, but that really, that doesn't really mean anything. But what do, it, what do the slot receivers do? Because that's, that's where you look for Cobb. Like nobody's done well against them, really. Very few. Devontae Parker's one of the only ones. They give up the second fewest points to wide receivers. The Bears are next week for Cobb. They, they give up the third fewest. But the Patriots give up the fewest. And he had 86 yards. And he did have a 59-yard catch. Didn't do much right. other than that. Yeah. Uh, he's not anywhere close to my favorite receiver to pick up off waivers this week. You're, you'll go after D.D. I'll go after James Washington before him. Cole Beasley, Sterling Shepard, A.J. Brown. Those guys are ahead of him. I think when you look at the deeper targets at wide receiver, the deeper leagues, it's more exciting. Not like not that you're starting them over them, but hey, we got some good options. We have Russell Gage, who had eight catches last week. We have Robbie Anderson, who Jamie said has caught a touchdown in two straight games and gets the Bengals. Anthony Miller, 20 targets in his last two games. And now Taylor Gabriel's out, and he's at Detroit. I mean, that's actually pretty sneaky. Not even sneaky. That's a good one, Anthony Miller. Jacoby Myers. If he can hold Harry. on to the football, and he hasn't scored yet this year. And you've got to hope that those targets stay up for him. So I'm not that excited over Anthony. I'd Miller. be shocked if the targets don't stay up for him. Yeah, uh, Chris Conley, twenty tar- or 17 targets in his last two games, and he's facing the Bucks. Alan Hearns, Greg Ward uh, for the Eagles. So, yeah, there's some, some pretty solid options here. If Julio Jones doesn't play, I mean, Russell Gage could be great. Even if Julio plays Russell Gage. He's 2% I, I think owned. The, the key for Gage is whether or not Hooper or Devontae Freeman come back. And if they're out, then Gage is that extension of the run game because he's a short area target. Okay. And obviously, if Tyree kills out, then Nicole Hardman, he was pretty good. in. He scored seven or more non-PPR fantasy points, 11 or more PPR fantasy points in three or four games without, uh, without Tyree Kill, and he gets the Raiders... Cool. Uh, who, who's your favorite Patriots wide receiver to pick up this week? They Honestly, all four of them, other than Edelman, could be on waivers. It depends what you need. If you're looking ahead, I think Dorsett, assuming Sindhu is not available, because I think he gets thrown back in as the as the second, third guy. All right. But then I go Harry, I go Myers next. I would take Myers over Harry, but both of them could be off my team by the end of the week. I got one more sleeper to throw out. Auden Tate. With Andy Dalton back against the Jets, uh, could be. Although the targets have been down for him, you know, Erickson's been the one that's sort of passed him a little bit. 
the last month. Maybe that's the sleeper you meant to say. Yep. No, well, I thought maybe it was more of a Dalton versus Finley thing, but I know Erickson was starting to play well with Dalton there, so yeah, maybe. Uh, tight ends, remember Hooper and Ingram could be available. Dallas Goddard, 66% owned. So we said earlier that Ryan Griffin is our favorite for Jamie, Jack Doyle for Dave. How about Goddard compared to those two? He'd be uh, behind. Yeah, he's behind him. Yeah. I mean, especially if Jeffrey's back. But still, it's the Dolphins. Yeah. The Dolphins, if Ryan Griffin had held onto that touchdown, the Dolphins would have allowed a touchdown in three straight games before last week uh, when I don't even remember who they played the Browns. Uh, okay, so Ryan Griffin, Gerald Everett. So do we have faith in any of the Rams? I know we're not going to talk about this game. We're going to run out of time. Do we have faith in any of the Rams this week in this juicy matchup? I actually think they bounce back and play well just because Arizona's so bad defensively. Okay. So Everett's I don't good. think they're in shambles defensively. They've got a pass rush. That's a problem for Jared Goff. But uh, the track record against tight ends speaks for itself, and no. that's why you buy into Everett. I think we've spoken enough about Jack Doyle. He's got two good matchups coming up. He's got the, the red zone target leader of the team out for the year, and he was a top 10 PPR tight end two seasons ago before the Ingram, in, <laughs> Ebron acquisition. Kyle Rudolph has scored... Five touchdown catches in his last four games. And it's it's obviously dependent on Thielen. But, man, the Seahawks stink against tight ends. They allow the fifth most fantasy points to tight ends. So I wonder if Rudolph could be good even with Thielen there. What do you think? I'd prefer to go with him if Thielen's out. Oh, sure. You know, it's he's Thielen is another legit red zone target that takes Rudolph away. And Rudolph is basically, with, with Thielen playing, he's a touchdown or bust tight end. Let me go through the list again and tell me at what point do we stop having good options that we are excited to start? Goddard, Griffin, Everett, Doyle. And we're there. You sure? No, Rudolph would be there if Thielen's up. That's true. That's true. Okay. Uh, all right, cool. All right, Rudolph, Jacob Hollister against Minnesota. They've been pretty good against tight ends. David Njoku has a very good schedule. Like you could pick him up as a stash, maybe at Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, and at Arizona next three weeks. You absolutely should. Yeah, we don't know what his role will be, but it could be worth a gamble. Delaney Walker could be back this week. Noah Fant knew he was going to struggle last week, but um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think about Fant this week against the Chargers? Uh, he'll get a lot of targets and probably not do a lot with it. <laughs> I'm I'm just I'm not excited about it. Gasicki, you get points for targets in your league. Mike Kosicki scored his first NFL touchdown last week. He's awesome. playing. He's playing better. It's uh, it's an interesting matchup. Um, not a great one, but you know Hollister again should have scored last week. We'll see. They they they're searching for that second guy. You know to help Devontae Parker. Allen Hearn scored last week, and you know so did Kosicki. So it's just one of those situations where he's at the bottom of the guys that you could turn to if you're stuck this week. And then really, this is not. That crazy, but Caden Smith for the Giants. He got six targets. He caught a touchdown at the Bears. He only had, had five, five catches. 17 yards, but yeah, five catches on six targets. Caden Smith faces the Packers, and they're just, I say it every week, they're just really bad against tight ends. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, it's Jamie's. It's not mine. But <laughs> um, but yeah, Caden Smith is not a crazy tight end streamer this week, unless Red Ellison comes back, or obviously if Evan Ingram comes back. If right, that's the only risky run, but uh, like if if and I should probably switch the order. I just put him there with the idea of those guys potentially returning. But if you tell me that 
Ingram and, and uh, Ellison are out, I would put him uh, one, two, three, four as the sixth guy behind Griffin, Everett, Doyle, Rudolph, and Hollister. And Goddard. And I would start him over Rudolph if Thielen's back. And Goddard, too. I know you're not including him but he's because he's just over the threshold. But Goddard mm-hmm. over Caden Smith, right? Uh, I probably would. Yeah, I'd start Goddard over Caden Smith. Okay. And DSTs, Eagles, Panthers, Packers, Chargers, Jets. Are you starting them over the Ravens, over the Niners, over the Patriots, over the Bills? Over the Niners for sure. Um, I'd start the Eagles and Panthers over the Ravens and Patriots. Uh, the Ravens are my number one DST this week. They're just playing too hot. I know, it's crazy. But yeah, like if you own the Niners, if you own the Patriots, the Bills... At Dallas, that they're probably not going to. Dallas is really good against the ESTs. Yeah, you could do these one of these streamers: Mason Crosby, Z- Jake Elliott, Zane Gonzalez, Mike Badgley. Dave gave all those IDPs, and if we have just a few minutes, I'll take a look at players that we could consider dropping. We didn't get a chance to talk about that. Well, Jared Goff, if you're really discouraged, where do you have Jared Goff this week in this matchup against the Cardinals? Around 15. I start him over Brady. Would you drop? Ryan. Would you drop Tom Brady at Houston, Kansas City, and at Cincinnati next week? Is he droppable? Yes, I say no. Based Jay- on what? Based on I want to have him for those other matchups. I don't totally hate Brady this week. He's just not in my top twelve. Jalen Samuels. He's droppable in smaller non PPR leagues. He's, uh, yeah, I think he's droppable across the board. Uh, James White. Droppable in smaller non-PPR leagues. Carlos Hyde. Droppable in smaller leagues, 10 teams or less. He's droppable in almost all PPR leagues. PPR, yeah. But you could see them riding him a little bit this week. Right. Uh, He's good running back depth. Duke Johnson. Droppable. Droppable in non-PPR leagues. Brian Hill. Totally droppable. Here's a drop. Royce Freeman. Uh, only if you want to handcuff him to Lindsay, because if Lindsay got hurt, then he'd be good. Yeah, two carries last week. Uh, Darius Geis and Adrian Peterson. Peterson's droppable. I'd hold Geis. Same. Curtis Samuel. Drop. I think he's. I think he's benchable. Would you drop Greg Olson for these streaming tight ends? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Love you guys. Talk to you. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Talk to you guys on Thursday for a Thanksgiving feast, a special Thanksgiving episode. Not really. It's just the same old episode, but it's on Thanksgiving. We'll have Heath and Ben on tomorrow. For Dave, for Jamie, I'm Adam. Uh, na, 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 na.